Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, December 24th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. As we had been telling you leading up to today, the initial plan for today's episode was just to give you an interview that I did late last week with Tony winner Karen Ziemba talking about uh, the benefit concert version of the musical 2x2 that she is doing uh, as a 50th anniversary of the show's Broadway run and as a benefit concert for the Actors Fund. We are going to do that, but before we get into it, we have to talk about the unbearably sad news that we learned on Wednesday, Ashley, that Mm -hmm. the wonderful and glorious uh, three-time Tony-nominated actress Rebecca Luker passed away on Wednesday. Uh, She was just 59 years old, as most listeners know. She had been diagnosed with ALS late last year. I believe it was announced earlier this year. Right. In the beginning of the pandemic, she did a benefit concert and she admitted to the ravages that have already been affecting her body. At that time, she had been almost exclusively moving around via wheelchair at that point. Mm. She was still very much... Um, mentally present at the time, and even though her voice wasn't as strong as it had been, it was still glorious to uh, watch her sing uh, at that uh, at that time months ago. Now, she of course um, is survived by her husband Danny Burstein, and it's just I was going back through her credits, Ashley, and yeah. it's just amazing what. She did. She made her Broadway debut as a replacement Christine Daae in Phantom. Yeah. She had her star turn as Lily in The Secret Garden. Then she played Magnolia in Showboat. Then she was Maria in The Sound of Music, Marion in The Music Man. Um, she was a replacement Claudia in Nine. She played Winifred Banks when Mary Poppins opened on Broadway. She was a uh, replacement Marie, the um, the uh, fairy godmother in Cinderella. And then she was a replacement Helen in uh, Fun Home on Broadway, yeah. it, it just one of the great, so versatile. Yeah, one of the one of the great singing actresses, one of the great sopranos, and we've had her on Broadway radio multiple times. Just one of the most kind and giving people in the industry. Yeah. Her loss is already felt by so many, but will be for a long time. Absolutely, um, I'm I'm very heartbroken today. This was obviously very hard to hear. As you said, it was announced, I believe, ten months ago, and I think when they made the announcement of her diagnosis, uh, they said that that she had found out at the end of last year. Uh, this is just such a a, a difficult loss. Doesn't even begin to cover it, uh, but also just a confounding heartbreaking disease that it, sure. it's it's so impossibly difficult to see how quickly it takes a toll on the body and i know danny had spoken i'd written a few op-eds about it and spoken about it that were uh i have to pull them back up and read them again sob through them again yeah. um but just kind of the the devastation that it brings. Uh, Rebecca, I, I never saw her on stage as far as musicals go. I saw her many, many times in cabarets. Um, her sure. voice just surrounded you and engulfed you. It was just one of the purest sopranos in kind of the vein of Barbara Cook, who I've been thinking about fondly as well as Marin Maisie. I've been thinking about mm-hmm. fondly these days lately. Um, 
And yeah, it just this exquisiteness to it and the sweetness to it. And I just think about all of her work with the secret garden and especially the secret garden, which I think we talked about the other day. Um, but, or at least I talked about the other day, my days are starting to blur at this point point. Sure. and just performances. Like how could I ever know from that? And it's, it's hard to hear this news and not kind of react, you know, selfishly, I wouldn't say selfishly, but selfishly as a community of like what a loss it is to theater because yeah. of what a, a an exceptional person she was too. And uh, obviously I'm, I've talked about many times what a big Danny Burstein fan I am on the show. Uh, my heart just goes out to him and their family and everyone who knew her. All I saw on Wednesday were just stories oh, of everywhere. her generosity yeah. from everybody from like Kristen Chenoweth and every corner, uh, Audrey McDonald, every corner of Broadway and beyond. Yeah. And what's so um, kind of sad and a little bit ironic, I guess, at this point in the interview that I did just last week with Karen Ziemba, Karen talked about her friendship yeah. uh, with Rebecca and talked about how during this pandemic, she and a few other people from the community were helping them and uh, going over to the house and everything healthily, but like doing things that they could do to help Danny mm -hmm. and Rebecca during mm -hmm. this time. So um, as I was editing this, uh, it was a little bit more uh, of a gut punch knowing what had happened. So mm -hmm. um, what we're going to do next week, we had already had a plan. We were going to do three episodes next week, an interview that James did. Um, and then Ashley, you grace, uh, and I, we're going to do some year end rapid uh, yeah. wrap up stuff. We are still going to do that, but what we're going to do in the days that we were not planning to have shows is that we are going to rerun old Rebecca Luker interviews that we mm, did here on Broadway yeah. radio. Um, I believe she was on an episode of this week on Broadway back in 2013. And then I interviewed her on tell me more back in 2018. Um, so we're we're going to sprinkle those interviews in um, to round out the feed next week. But um, I like that plan. Yeah, just such a, a sad loss. I mean, when you think about her uh, and Marin Maisie both kind of dying in the past yeah. few years, yeah. what g wonderful people and talents. And you just think of all of the people's lives that they didn't have yeah. the opportunity Barbara to touch. Too. Barbara was in 2017, which it feels like it was decades ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, all the people's lives that they didn't have the opportunity to touch either personally or from the stage, um, it's just very sad. I mean, this yeah. year, as I said on Twitter, like this this year has been filled with heartaches Yeah, and, and all the time. Um, but this one, it, I, maybe it's because it's at the end of the year and she was so young and she was so beloved, mm -hmm. but this one hits a little differently. Much like, and during you know, the when holiday Carrie, season, right? Too. I was mm -hmm. to say, like Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds died Ugh. a few years ago, right yeah. around this time of year. It's like, Damn, that's that's just awful. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, again, let me real quick to give you the information about this uh, two by two concert. Um, it's going to star Karen Ziemba. Also, it's going to star uh, Walter Willison, who was in the original Broadway cast. He was a Tony nominee um, as one of the sons. He's actually going to play Noah in this. It is going to stream uh, beginning on Christmas Day at 2 p.m. and then will be available on demand 
through the 28th. Um, it is done um, through Sandy Durrell and theaterpizzazz.com. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, encouraging folks to donate to the Actors Fund, which is always a wonderful thing uh, to do. So we will have yeah. all of the links and information for that in the show notes for this interview. Um, but again, my heart goes out to Danny and all of the family and, mm-hmm. as always, everybody who loved Rebecca Luker, either personally or professionally. And I know that there are many, many, many of us uh, in that boat right now. Absolutely. All right. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our friends over at BetterHelp. Between lockdowns and job loss, illnesses, seasonal affective disorder, not being able to travel for the holidays and so much more, there is no doubt that this holiday season very well might be one of the most difficult that any of us have ever experienced. However, BetterHelp is here to provide licensed professional therapist support in a safe, private and convenient online environment. You can start communicating with a licensed professional in under 24 hours, and this is not self-help. They will be there to talk to you and help you through your issues, whether that's via text, through weekly video or phone conversations, and it's always easy and free of charge to change counselors if you ever need to. And what's great about BetterHelp is that there are so many different specialties represented amongst their licensed therapists, including depression, anxiety, sleep issues, grief, LGBTQ plus matters, relationships, and more. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable, which are honestly all things that we all need right now. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com broadway. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash broadway. All right, now it's time to get into my interview with Tony winner, Karen Ziemba. from the yep absolutely i am all good so i appreciate you uh taking the time to do this today so matt tell me a little bit about yourself first so i can um get the uh sure get get your background (laughs) um well this is for uh broadway radio um which is uh a daily almost daily podcast um we do a show monday through friday and then our sunday show um, is with James Marino. Peter Felicia's on that show and Michael Portantier. Peter! And yeah, so folks, you know, uh, good company there. But I am in uh, Florida right now. So, uh, oh, I'm whereabouts? Doing, uh, in Orlando. Oh, um, my, my mother lives in Boynton Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a little chilly here, not as, uh, cold as it is up north obviously but uh, we actually have to put on sweatshirts when we go outside right now so yeah it gets it gets chilly <laughs> in the winter in florida sometimes it does it does so um but yeah i'm absolutely thrilled to talk to you and i'm i'm really appreciative of you taking the time especially during this crazy busy time of year yeah 2 years ago i was in orlando around this time we were doing white christmas i i saw it i remember it uh, <laughs> very vividly yes i okay. loved it i loved yeah. it well, um, are you in New York currently? Is yes. That, okay. How's yes. how's the snow? You know, it's subsided. It's not snowing right now, and so now it's just a lot of slush. But the parks uh, we live uh, we live near Riverside Park, so it's just great. so beautiful. Yeah. And the kids are all sledding, and that's great. They can that's get wonderful. out. And- do that and they need that this uh, this year with all of the you know the necessity to be cooped up having some time to go Absolutely. outside and and have sure. some 
some semblance of normalcy is very good for them. So, right. So right. I love that. Well, that's great. Well, I'm very excited about this uh, concert of Two by Two. Uh, it's one of those shows that I have never really understood why it isn't a bigger part of the the theatrical canon. Just hearing anybody say the words two by two in whether it's in relation to the musical or not like that song just gets stuck in my head for <laughs> days and days um so i'm very excited that you're going to be a, a part of this do you have any uh you know connection with this show have you done it somewhere or, or anything like that you know i i have never done the show I remember my mother talking about it when I was a kid. Um, uh, shows used to come to the Fisher Theater in Detroit um, when mm -hmm. I was growing up. And that's where I grew up in the suburbs of, De of uh, Detroit in Michigan. And uh, so for my birthday, my father would take me to see a show uh, downtown town because my folks had season tickets. But I remember them talking about Two by Two and seeing Danny Kay. I believe it may maybe played out of town there. Mm. And uh, they loved it. But the last time I sang anything from the show was when I did um, I did uh, a lyrics and lyricist production a couple years back with Ted Chapin, mm -hmm. um, which was called Rogers After Hammerstein. I remember that. And it yeah. Was, yeah. And it was all a lot of music that he had written after Oscar Hammerstein passed. So there was we did quite a few things from two by two. And I sang a song from the show. And uh, somebody else saying, um, I feel like I'm 90 again, which was, we thought was hysterical. <laughs> so we had a good time with it. Yeah. And this is uh, a really cool um, uh, thing because there is an original cast member, uh, Walter Willison, who is going to be a part of this, not only kind of um, presenting it, but playing uh, uh, Noah as well. Have you had it? So how do these Zoom virtual concert things work? How much rehearsing is there with everybody else? Or do you focus on your stuff and then get together once or twice with little boxes on your screen? How does, yes. how does this whole process work? It's more the latter. What you, you said, we, we did not have a lot of rehearsal, unfortunately, like you nor would with like a normal show. Um, it's, it's more like as if you're putting together uh, a reading of sorts and you work on your own material mm -hmm. and try to, you know, you know, j just jump in, jump into the pool, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, connect with everybody else virtually, but just as if you, that you're in the same room with them. And because there's, because it's really about a family an extended family. Yeah. So you have, have to have those relationships um, sort of in your mind, just who, who are these people to me? And every, and of course, all the different, all the different sons and daughters and <laughs> daughters-in-laws and sons-in-laws, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all, we all, I, you know, I have a certain relationship with them or certain feelings about them. And so that all has to play out in just, you know, we just have to kind of figure out very quickly for, for myself, who they are and what, how I feel about them. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quick, but we are in little boxes. We get to see each other and, uh, that's, that's how in, in our own little space, yeah. but it, it's, it was fun. We had a nice time and yeah. everybody's very, very talented. 
Oh, of course. Yeah, it's a it's a great cast. A lot of uh, up and coming folks that I, it'll be really exciting for people to see uh, starting on Christmas Day. And of course, we'll have all of the information on where people can see it in the notes and in the article. You've done a number of these things, whether it's um, a concert like this or you did the, uh, the the Shaw thing as well. For a performer like you who has made such a uh, had such a great career on stage, does this get anywhere close to scratching that itch after everything's been shut down for so long? long or does it make you long for being back on the stage even more yes and yes <laughs> it does scratch the itch you definitely because as i said you, you know you're connecting as much as you possibly can emotionally um doing it in a virtual setting this way um just singing songs and and reading great you know greeting like the other night we did a lot of george bernard shaw uh it does make you feel like you are participating in what you love to do. However, there's nothing like being in the same room with your audience, with your cast members. I totally miss that. There's just something so visceral and you can't, there's nothing like it. I mean, you can't, you can't put it in a bottle. It's just something that everybody has to experience at the same time. And that's what, you know, live performance is all about. It's not just about the people saying the words in standing center stage, it's, it's also the people experiencing it and with you and breathing in the same, breathing the same air, you know, and that's the problem is that right now we have to (laughs) breathe the same air and it's not, unfortunately there's a lot of sickness in it. And I look forward to when that subsides. Yeah. There's, there's so much uh, going on about when uh, a theater may or, or may not return other than that interpersonal connection that, that you talk about that you get when you are, on stage, whether having that's interacting with your castmates or the audience itself, is there one particular little thing that you are most looking forward to um, when that process begins, whether that's part of the performances or during the rehearsal process? Is there like one little teeny tiny moment that you'll know, okay, I'm back, you know, we're back where we belong and all of that kind of stuff? I think it's going to be the first day of rehearsal where everybody's in the room together, the meet and greet, as we yeah. call it. Where it's the first day of rehearsal, whether it's, you know, you know, two weeks at City Center Encores or whether it's, you know, um, hopefully a long run of a Broadway show or it's you're traveling out to another city somewhere to meet your cast and and all the people that work at the theater that you're working at. Um, If it's like a nonprofit or something where everybody works under the same roof, it's it's all about that connection to, hey, we're putting on a show, but it takes so many people to do it and they're all very important and that first day when people you know go around the circles they're like my name is and i'm playing this part and <laughs> i work in sales and i'm i'm an usher and i'm a costume designer and i'm a this i love that you know and you see all the different people in all all walks of life but it's it takes you know it takes you know, to, to make the whole pie, you need a lot of different, lot of different people. Absolutely, yeah, especially in in theater, and and I think people have realized that too. It, that's true whether it's on stage or it is virtual. I think that you've seen so many oh, yeah. people do so many different things with these virtual presentations. You know, we're calling two by two a a virtual holiday uh, event, and as you said, it is about a very very big family. So I wonder for you, what are your holidays going to be like in 2020 with everything you know as crazy as it is maybe not being able to travel do you have any set plans that you're going to be able to do this year that are traditions or do you have to modify everything because of 2020 well we were just down in the lobby of my building 
on the Upper West Side dire- uh, uh, decorating the Christmas tree. We do that every year. Um, oh, that's great. Up around the same time. And these two ladies in the building uh, made these beautiful origami birds uh, oh, cool. a couple years ago that we hang on the tree along with the lights. It's so beautiful and just gives a sense of peace and calm, but also it's a beautiful piece of art too. And so a few of us went down and did that. So that's a usual thing that we do. And we all are masked, of course. But as far as family goes, um, for Thanksgiving, uh, my husband and I had only his son and her daughter, his daughter, excuse me, um, my husband's granddaughter uh, for Thanksgiving, just the four of us. And it will probably be the same thing again for Christmas if they're up, they can come over and, and join us for a nice meal. And I just cook all the trimmings and but it is small gatherings is really what it's about yeah and for unfortunately this year hopefully a year from now when everybody is healthy and vaccinated we can get back to those big family things uh that that we all know and love so what has you what has your life been like during the the past nine months have you found something to to keep you busy have you picked up any new hobbies what what is it has been kind of keeping you sustained during all of these lockdowns and and quarantines and stuff like that well because we have a dog of course we have uh our schedule (laughs) yeah it's like at least you got to get out and get your three walks a day and, which is nice to get out in nature. And we live um, near a park. We're so fortunate. Boy, do I really, really appreciate yeah. and have such gratitude about that, especially in this last, um, this this past year. Uh, I've also been doing a lot more home cooking than I used mm. to and have been trying some new recipes and I'm getting fabulous recipes out of New York Times each week. And so I'm really taking advantage of that. Um that time to do that. But I have been like yesterday, I had two different um, self tapes I had to do for auditions for, for things that are going mm-hmm. on. Cause they are doing television series and things like that. Sure. So get, doing a self tape um, of yourself doing a scene. And uh, my husband has to t- <laughs> the poor guy, <laughs> honey, would you please play the, all the other characters in this scene and run the camera? It's, I mean, not everybody has that. So, but I, luckily, I have my my reader. He lives right here. But that takes a lot of time putting that together. And of course, you know, you have to get prepared to go to an audition anyway in person. But this is a little bit different. But you t- do all the takes, and then you have to like upload them, and so it just takes a lot of time. So I've been doing that, and some of these virtual uh, projects I've been working. I've been doing that since April on and off different projects. Uh, So that takes time, but I've been enjoying it. And what else? Um, Started um, learning to play the ukulele. Oh, Uh, Things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's strangely enough, the year has gone by very quickly. Uh, It's uh, so it's not that I'm, so I'm, it's definitely not boring, but it's just frustrating because, because it's not the same and I'm not going to the theater even as an audience member, which I missed too, which I did a lot of sure. while uh, be, you know, living here in New York. So it's, it's just strange and yeah. trying to keep just trying to keep going and trying to stay positive. I have um, a good friend who I'm sure you're familiar with a uh, Rebecca Luker. Mm-hmm. We did a little dancer together 
uh, which is was a, a a musical about Degas, which we did at the Kennedy Center together. And she and I and a couple other gals in the play became very, very close. And so, and I'd known Rebecca for 30 years, but we really became close doing this project together. And uh, unfortunately, this past year, she's been um, living with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease with ALS. And so myself and many of her friends and along with, you know, professional um, healthcare workers have been um, spending time with her and helping out at their home, at her home, because she is living with this disease. And it's, it's just, I've been seeing this going, uh, passing by, through my, my consciousness. It's very difficult. And yet I feel so uh, grateful to be able to spend this time with her yeah. and to keep her spirits up while she's going through this. And it's uh, it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of work for her husband, Danny Burstein, and he's going through a lot and trying to keep, you know, current himself. You know, he's a working actor, but they live um, up here on the Upper West Side, too, so I, I find that it's really great that I'm up here, too, so I can spend some time with them um, at least every week. Yeah, that's and wonderful. And share my um, myself and yeah. do what I can to help that family. So that's been part of this past year for me too. And I, I, it's, it's been tough, but it's, you know, I think to myself there, but for the grace of God, go I. So I'm very, certainly very glad to be part of their lives. And I've met a lot of wonderful, a lot of their wonderful friends that I didn't know before too. So it's, it's been good. It's been a, it's been a positive thing in a, in a very dark time. Yeah. We've heard news and they did the the concert towards the beginning of the, uh, uh, of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I know between that and, and Danny being sick as well, I think uh, everybody's had them in their thoughts and prayers. And there's so many thoughts and prayers to go around with, uh, with people this, this past year, but they are definitely uh, at the top for a lot of people. So it's great that you've been able to, Absolutely. to help and to spend some time with them. By the way, she and Sally Wilford, her her friend who they did a fantastic concert yeah. at Merkin Hall last year, their album that they made of that concert is being released. Uh, yeah, it just got announced today. Oh, I you think. did? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, just, it's great. I'm just hawking it. I'm just hawking it. I saw the concert. Please it do. was just fantastic. Yeah. And that's that, great. together, they're just great. Of course, alone, they're fabulous divas and uh, together they're wonderful it's it's just worth a uh, worth having yeah absolutely yeah we'll we'll throw a link for that into uh, the article in the show notes along with the two by two information because uh that is definitely something that i think people are gonna gonna want to have you, you talked about all of these different things that you're doing including some of the professional stuff with the self-tapes as as somebody who's so much of your career has been about dancing is that do you get the the itch to dance like is that hard to do now it's it, for me it's almost impossible because i have this i l- luckily have this spare room in my in my apartment where i've put up you know hung blankets and hung backdrops and put on you know ring lights and all kinds of stuff <laughs> to make things look sort of like a little studio like a little you know sound and you know photos photography studio video studio but I can't really dance in here. Yeah. Uh, I would kick everything down. I'd knock everything down. <laughs> All, you know, because you have your computer like up on books and boxes and, and yeah, the yeah. microphone and the, but it's, it's, it's really just about um, con- conveying your, your being from sort of the waist up on, <laughs> on the camera. So no, I have not been able to dance during this time. So. 
Well, I miss it. I do miss it. Yeah. Well, speaking of dancing, I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't um, bring up one of the 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 saddest things that we've learned this past week was the the passing of Anne Ranking. And obviously well, you launched the tour of Chicago as Roxy and eventually uh, took over the role uh, on Broadway. What was your relationship with her, if you had one at all? I mean, obviously, um, I'm sure that there was a lot of connection between a lot of the people who who played Roxy over the years and, and yes. Anne. Yes, she was an incredible artist, of course, very unique dancer like nobody else. Um, And she was a very funny, intelligent person, too, and kind. And uh, I, I, I was crazy about her. And I didn't know her very well until I did um, the company of Chicago and then came in to join BB after... Um, I replaced um, on Broadway too. Then after the the national tour, and st- stayed there for a little a little while too. And Annie would come in and out, and and so she would she would keep a keep a look on things. And I <laughs> ask her some questions. And I, and playing the role of Roxy Hart, you sort of it, it takes some time. It, there's is a learning curve with that role for was for me anyway. And she would come in and say certain things to me. I would say. Oh, oh, I get it now. She was she, she would give you give me an, an imaginary idea or something about the character of Roxy Hart. And I went, oh, that's great. That's really gonna help me. And then I would grow from that point, evolve in some way. So she she was very astute. And because she had worked with Bob Fosse and of course knew him so well, she yeah. was a good person to talk to about that show, particularly and about those characters in that show. And she, so I, I, I really enjoyed her a lot. I'm going to miss her. She was yeah. a good, good gal. When, real quick technical question, because she was still playing Roxy when I'm assuming you were rehearsing for the tour, did she pull double duty or did she have like if her assistants kind of do the chore- choreography for the tour? How did that work? She would come in like for a couple hours and then have to go back out. Sure. Um, so she, yes, yeah, she was doing double duty. And toward the end, when she was um, putting more companies together, because she had already put together a, uh, a national tour, and I think I did another national tour, because the show was just so popular. Yeah. They were just putting it up everywhere. She, um, she finally then stepped down to do just that, to primarily take care of those companies and put those companies together. And I believe Mary Lou Henner took over for her. I'm not sure when she took over, on Broadway, but she did it for a while um, after Annie, because um, it was hard to do so many things at one, to wear so many hats. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Being the choreographer uh, of that show, it's so much of it's danced that her job was was major. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate those. I love that, like the history of 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 that whole story. So that's that's fascinating to me. But I do want to kind of wrap this up with uh, kind of going back to. Uh, to two by two a little bit. Yeah. Um, you said you you grew up in um, in Detroit. I'm from Ohio, and I know you went to school in Ohio. I'm from Columbus, but my brother my brother went to the University of Toledo. So there's a lot of that uh, you know connections in between Ohio and Michigan up around there. So um, I think that mi- that Ohio has the, the most large cities than any other state. I mean, so major, many major industrial cities. Yeah. I mean, it's when you think of 
just the three C's down 71 from Cleveland yeah. to Columbus to Cincinnati. Like those are would in a lot of states be the biggest cities in whole states. And I don't think people realize how big they are. Like, like Columbus is like the 12th or 13th biggest city in the country. And people just well, think of it as a cow town. Well, and- the reason why I'm very clear on this is because when I was in college at the university of Akron, I danced with the Ohio ballet. And back in mm-hmm. the seventies when I was in college and, was dancing professionally for them. You had the Ohio Ballet, the Cleveland Ballet, the Toledo Ballet, the Dayton Ballet, the Cincinnati <laughs> Ballet, and uh, of the Ohio Ballet in Akron. I mean, you had first of all because the the National Endowment for the Arts was giving money to you know regional companies, dance companies, theater companies back then. Not as much anymore. Yeah, and a lot of them have folded, had to fold, and so. But at that time, every major city in Ohio had a dance company and maybe two even because they had a modern company and a ballet company. So it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. And I, of course, you know, going to school in Ohio, I was very uh, on top of that. And then all of a sudden they were all kind of gone. Yeah. It was so sad, but uh, it was like, yeah, Ohio, they've got their, they, they like their arts down there. Yeah. I, I don't, people just think of us as like uh, a bunch of uh, hicks with cows and stuff, but there's a lot going on in Ohio. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll toot our own horn for that. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. For a Columbus, there was a Columbus ballet too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and there was ballet Met or something like that. Ballet Met. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's still going. And what that, you know, like you, my kind of first introduction to theater was my my grandparents had season tickets to all of the tours coming through. And I just wonder, like, like I said, this show two by two has always been one that like, I love the music. Like I said, the title song is amazing. And I've just never, I've never seen a production. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that this is something that hasn't been a bigger part of the canon. Is there anything that you remember growing up on those, uh, those tour stops in Detroit that you're like, this was something that was really formative in my life. Maybe it's something that wasn't as well known, that isn't as well known now. But was there was there one moment when you're like, yeah, I get it. This is what I want to do, whether that was the dance or the acting or the singing or anything. But was there was there one seminal moment from those? I just remember, uh, this is a strange one. Um, my dad <laughs> took me to see this show called Pickwick, which, oh. can, which starred Harry Sacombe, who was the... One boy, boy for sale, da 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 da. In, in um um in a uh, Oliver, the movie of Oliver, yeah, yeah. British actor. He played Pickwick, and he sang the song. If I ruled the world, every man would be as free as a bird. Da 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 da. da. It became a very famous song. It wasn't not a not uh it was not a successful musical, but it. But I just remember him this little kind of corpulent you know British guy standing center stage and singing. If I and I thought. Wow. It was just something about that song, something about him. Uh, I, but I remember being pretty young when I saw that show and just remember that song. And it was just, <laughs> just this ill-fated musical. But <laughs> that's kind of these things that you remember seeing live theater. Now, yeah. of course, I also did see the uh, production, of the tour of Chicago come through. Oh, yeah. Which I believe... Susan Stroman played Honyak in that production. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know her then, of course. No, you did later on, though. Of course. And uh, Chicago, what else? Oh, when I saw the um, the out-of-town tryout of Seesaw by Cy Coleman. Oh, wow, of course. Dorothy Fields starring Lainey Kazan. Oh, Not wow. Michelle Lee, but Lainey Kazan at the time. Who and knew? no Tommy Toon. So it was like an out-of-town tryout. Things changed. 
as they came back to Broadway. But so, yeah, you got to see, <laughs> I got to see a lot of that kind of stuff. And I remember loving Lainey Kazan and I said, wow, what a voice. <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Those are, those are great memories to have. And I, I, I think I've been thinking about my similar memories a lot over the past nine months or whatever, because I haven't, <laughs> we don't have new ones and everything we have is, uh, is virtual, but to wrap it up, this, I, it sounds like from what you said, like this uh, two by two concert has already been filmed. Am I assuming that correct? Yes. Yes. We filmed um, um, via Zoom the scenes. And then, of course, we all had to do our songs. Yeah. Um, videotape those, self-tape those. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to turn out, but um, <laughs> people have to know that it's been kind of put together in a, in a virtual way, and uh, hopefully they'll understand. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. Well, well, my, my question is going to be, since it sounds like you were doing all the songs in a silo individually, but from the scenes and all of those big family stuff you talked about, just can you give people a sense of what the feeling is that they'll get if, when they see this, obviously it's a, it's a holiday event, but it's not necessarily about the holidays, but uh, I, I'm sure that it, it is kind of appropriate for this period. Nonetheless. Yes. I mean, all the sons are very different. They all have, um, and, and, and they're, and they're, paramours are all very different too. One is, one is kind of like, he's kind of a playboy and one of them is uh, married and has been in a, in his relationship for a while. And he, all they think about is, 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 is saving money and making money. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've got all these different kids, just like any family, all the kids are just so different, even though they're of this, they're all siblings, just like my family too. And so it's the relationships that Noah and Esther who I play, um, Noah's wife, have with their kids and how they all have to band together to build this arc. And not everybody wants to do it. Not everybody is on board, so to speak, pardon the pun, <laughs> um, until, they, and, until they're talked into because they have very different feelings about, about God about their, and their beliefs. And I think it's, it's very timely. I mean, it's, it's true. People are in all different factions are going off with, with different ideologies and what they feel is right and wrong and um, how we need to, you know, a lot of it talks about, you know, you know climate change and what's going to yeah. happen, you know, after the, the big flood happens. And it's, it's like, oh, my goodness, they were talking about this back in the early 70s, too. <laughs> like, it never ends. Yeah. Oh, so it's 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 good. It's 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 wonderful. But anything that has to do with you know family, you know dysfunction in families, and then bringing it together and f figuring out a way to make things work and to be tolerant of each other and understand that not all of us are going to think alike. We have to yeah. respect that. And maybe if you talk somebody into our way of thinking, that's great. Cool. That would be nice if that happened a little bit more often in uh, in real life too. But um, I, no well, joke. yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I am very much looking forward to seeing it. Like I said, I, I've never seen a production, but I've wanted to for so long. So this seems like a great way to spend uh, a few hours over the holidays. Oh, but I'm so glad, Matt. I, I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure I will. Well, thank you so much. Have a happy holidays to you and your husband and whomever gets to uh, to be there with you and uh, and the dog, of course, as well. You too. You too, honey. May we have a healthier and happier 2021. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. Absolutely. <laughs>